<laughs> no, it ain't got no class. Applebee's is the true comrade restaurant because they're no, the only ones not. that sell. They are the only ones that sell dollar drinks every month. There's a new one. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. I, I've gotten fucked up on their Bahama Mamas before, like for like literally. Like uh, Al- bucks. Applebee's is a boomer right wing restaurant, and then it's canon. <laughs> and then it's canon. <laughs> like they have a they have a wall of cop respect. Well, bro, I'm bo- I'm millennials don't go there. I, it's fucking dude. This this goes into like what we were ta- like uh talking about like um last night where we were talking about uh like um nobody has fucking political leanings nobody knows their political uh culture it's all fucking cultural everyone just like falls in line i like applebee's so what yesterday so i thought your hair was wet okay i'm gonna start the show now Welcome to State of the Revolution, the Michigan Progressive Podcast. I'm Benjamin Klon. Ali Gonzalez. Zachary Reinhart. Alex Sahori. Mitch Suke. We're coming to you from the studios at The Fledge in Lansing, Michigan. And thanks for joining us this week. As we tape this, it is Sunday, July 7th. Uh, please make sure you subscribe to our show on iTunes and Spotify, wherever else you get podcasts. You can find us on Facebook at State of the Revolution. You can also follow us on Twitter at SOTRPod. And you can also help support our show on Patreon at patreon.com slash Michigan Progressive. So just this last Thursday on July 4th, uh, someone uh, vandalized the Capitol building here in Michigan, Lansing, Michigan, uh, spray painting the words stop ice, um, which is pretty cool. Heroes. <laughs> you know, this story really depresses me because, like, you know, the discussion is going to be about, um, you know, oh, this is a bad uh, look for the left. And I'm just here, like, all depressed going, man, people are just so much cooler than I am. <laughs> <laughs> there are some serial, like, far left spray painters in Lansing, and I uh-huh. have no clue who any of them are. Every so often, there will be, wink, like, wink. very far left, like, um, spray paint that will go up in Lansing. And I'm always like, why aren't I friends with these people? If I tweet about well, it, someone, I can uh, find them. Right. Yeah. So, some like I had a couple of people ask me, Ben, did you do that? And I was yeah. like, it wasn't me, but I imagine it was either a friend or a friend of a friend. Yeah, yeah. It was like going back to what you said about how it's like, oh, it's going to be a bad look for the left. I know that I think it was what the lieutenant governor um, who was like, oh, this doesn't help anything because what can the state government do about federal immigration policies? And it's like, okay, like I think there are a lot of things that Michigan can do mm-hmm. to stop ICE. It's evident, you know, Ben and I used to go to tons of things uh, here at the Capitol for Lansing City Council to make this city a sanctuary city, they could very well do that at a state level. Right. Our our entire state is like a border area. And so that means ICE has complete jurisdiction of the entire state. Dana Nessel is the attorney general of the um, of the state of Michigan now, and she could very easily uh, kneecap ICE's um, programs pretty swiftly one well, yeah. a big thing states could do which is like a lot of well sanctuary city like has a fluid meeting about what exactly legally it means and different states do it different but one thing that is big and does help is if your local authorities don't comply with ice agents yeah and yeah. like and that's uh, what sanctuary status is all about yeah. when like uh i remember when when abdul was running for governor last year i remember him saying like michigan should be a sanctuary state and i never even heard of that idea before but i was like yo that is fucking cool yeah you should definitely do well, that and they have the, one so far uh, yeah california and yeah. The, okay. the thing about it is um I mean, there's really no argument except for racism against it because um, 
it, like if you want to talk about it like from a libertarian fiscally conservative standpoint if you're a sanctuary state a lot of things um ice does is like super constitutional or straight up illegal like it, it's there's no real they're just doing it because the executive branch gives them a fig leaf for it but you know local authorities are more prone to lawsuits and all that stuff so if you if you comply with ice officers a lot of times you'll your state will end up racking up lawsuits for um illegally detaining people etc so i mean it saves your state money too like so the only reason you'd want to comply with ice is if you just hate hate immigrants i mean that is really the (laughs) also isn't the whole libertarian thing like they actually do want open borders like the whole thing about the left is they're like oh you want open borders libertarians want open borders but most of them Uh, are not principled libertarians are just waiting to lose the debate to a nazi then become a nazi that is like like sargon of akkad on his youtube had richard spencer on then all of his fans like man richard spencer seems smarter than you because richard spencer has a basic comprehension i really didn't want to be a nazi but i I just lost in the marketplace of ideas what was i supposed to do it's because libertarians try and debate with Nazis, and Nazis know how power works. Like Richard Spencer was like, "Yeah, Sargon, I think, um, I think like collectivism is good because that's how you uh, seize and maintain power." So he was like, "I think we need a collective of white males." And Sargon was like, "What about individual liberty?" And then the YouTube comments like, "Everyone's like, I'm a Nazi now." Yeah, I'll <laughs> see a Sargon. It's like libertarians just waiting for a Nazi to yeah. beat their ass in debate, and then uh, you know, just switch sides. It's a pipeline. So going going back to the vandalism real quick. Uh, Curtis Hertel Jr., who is actually our state senator, mm-hmm. uh, he had a he had a pretty funny take on this. <laughs> he uh, he posted on his Facebook uh, to whomever spray painted the state capitol last night, you are not cool or a revolutionary. Instead, you defaced a public building, cost money in a limited budget that could be used to help people, and made some poor person have to come to clean your mess on a holiday weekend. Yeah, I had to make the comment. Um, Imagine tweeting that on the 4th of July with no irony and no sense of irony whatsoever. <laughs> so I had to make the comment on there, and I was like, to whom it may concern, or to whomever dumped tea in the harbor last night, you are not cool or revolutionary. <laughs> You're just destroying property and depriving the uh, colonies of resources. It's basically the same argument. You know, like, everyone has this, like... Um, like view of revolutionaries as uh, heroic figures after the fact, but during the moment, everyone's like dogging on them. It's like Martin Luther King, like you know, back when he was doing all of the shit that we pride him on now today, people hated him. Like they thought yeah. he was like going too far and things mm-hmm. like that. Also, I, I saw a really great comment on that uh, by uh, Mike McCurdy, where. Um, you know, uh, Curtis Hertel was saying, you know, I agree with the message, but, you know, is this the best way to get it across? And and Mike McCurdy's basically like, yeah, you know, not everyone's a sitting state senator. Right. Some people, this is their only means to get out a message. So uh, instead of lambasting people that are trying, why don't you do more? Yeah. yeah. It was, Good, McCurdy. Uh, yeah, it was mm-hmm. excellent. Great guy. And Curtis is like, well, you know, I, I've spoken at rallies. And, oh, gee, thanks. And spon- <laughs> like, you know, I've, I've voted for, like, re- resolutions. and I've did the photo ops. What more do you want? <laughs> I think that it's also interesting because... It would it would be interesting to see how there's a plethora of churches of different denominations downtown, very large ones, very old ones. St. Mary's Cathedral um, being the one that uh, comes to mind initially because it's just right down the road from the Capitol building and right across from it is um, the right for life uh, campaign headquarters. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very interesting to see um, what is a true like pro-life message on the Capitol building and how the Catholic Church would react to that. I am critical of the Catholic Church a lot 
uh, I feel like I have been on here as well, too. It would be interesting to see if St. Mary's Cathedral would open its doors to immigrant families. I, the church and church organizations generally set, are very progressive on immigrant issues. A lot of churches, because especially Catholic church, because it's very international, um, I mean, I went to a ICE event in Lansing, an anti-ICE event, and one of the people who spoke was uh, was they ministers. I, I don't know the rankings. Oh, Reverend God. Father, Reverend, yeah. And um, I mean, they tend to be pretty good on on immigration issues and open borders issues. I know that the church that I grew up in uh, would not be good. Protestantism is not good about it because yeah. it's very American centric. But Catholicism, I think, is pretty. I mean, and also you have the Catholic Dems and stuff. Um, yeah, and like uh, amongst the Latinx community, Catholic. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah that's, and that's yeah. what I was going to say is that the Lansing Diocese is very interesting because there's a lot of Spanish speaking churches, but there's only one real main Spanish speaking Catholic church um, in Lansing, and it's Cristo Rey. Mm -hmm. It's on the south side of town, and there's a community center on the north side on High Street. Um, and I feel like that is where you would see most of your um, more progressive immigration, very true to Jesus in praxis church. Churches, um, but not a lot of the churches. They're very uh, Knights of Columbus esque, mm -hmm. where you see a lot of the nationalism and stuff like that. And St. Mary's being the spearhead of that, where Bishop, uh, I want to say it's Boye now, um, where he resides. There, uh, when you see the handling of like the Lansing Catholic Four, where they punished the boys who kneel during the national anthem, yeah. that tells you all you need to know about the Lansing Diocese. Well, and I you know oh, yeah. what we should do? We should graffiti the Madonna on <laughs> the Capitol Dome, and then we'll get the Catholics behind us. Well, and that... You would hope. <laughs> you would hope. <laughs> no, because they'll be like, no, they see a Madonna in, in their toast, and they flip out. So you put the Madonna on uh, on, <laughs> on 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 the Capitol Dome, it'll be it'll be swell. It'll be worth. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Catholicism is better than Protestantism. Protestant I, at the ICE event, the um, Reverend gave a really good speech about how he's, you know, why the people are coming here. It's an American cost crisis. He said all the right things. But I think at the end of the day, organized religion and nationalism have the same through lines. Where, I agree. Um, so a lot of religious people tend to be more prone to nationalism because, and you see a lot of the left. In God that, and country. Yeah. A lot of the left leans agnostic usually because you, once you start rejecting one or you know the idea of a nation you reject other things too or vice or the versa. community rejects yeah. you yeah exactly. which i know is, is yeah. your experience or close to your experience with your church ben yeah <laughs> that was it's uh, my mom's as well yeah. it, it is hard to be a far left catholic in yeah. these days i was an atheist before i became a leftist um sam yeah i actually i i left the church before uh before i started getting into you know marxism yeah. and shit um, but moving on to our uh, our next story here. Also, this last Thursday on July 4th, uh, President Trump held his uh, big, dumb military parade uh, where we celebrated nationalism and uh, imperialism and, you know, American dominance of the planet. Uh, in his, <laughs> his speech, he um, he gave shout outs to each of the each of the branches of the U.S. military, including the Army, Navy, Air Force, Coast Guard, Marines and, quote, very soon space force <laughs> heck yeah so, so flash forward 3000 years in the future master chief is like crushing a, a sentient bug's head and it's like i have a family and he's like he's like god bless you president trump 
<laughs> I think that the Space Force, it's a conspiracy because they just found out that I think it was Jupiter or Saturn. Their atmosphere is full of diamonds. And I think that this is all a conspiracy so that we can speed up space travel to go and get more diamonds. I think we'll it, have diamond-backed currency. I think it's a conspiracy so when the rich people leave the planet, we can't follow them. <laughs> True. And they're going to leave and this thing is like a rock. Well, I mean, <laughs> so we, we already have like lots of diamonds. Like... <clears throat> Diamonds only have their value through artificial scarcity. Yeah, um, that's true. Implemented by the the diamond mining industry. Hey, you um, have to rationalize the space force though somehow. So. Right. Well, <laughs> I mean, you don't have to rationalize like anything. Yeah. You, you don't. Have, you don't have to rationalize anything about the U.S. military. Honestly, you can do whatever you want, uh, just because it's inherently good. And I I do want to talk about um how liberals are attacking trump about like nationalism versus patriotism liberals like to say patriotism is good nationalism is bad where i think that whole idea is just liberals want to feel good about the way they celebrate american exceptionalism and imperialism and then like the way that the right wing does there's a little bit too much where i think that patriotism is also shitty I agree. Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's kind of like reminiscent of the fact that like um so uh you know like if you ever watch the media and they're talking about rich people in Russia it's mm-hmm. always Russian oligarchs oh yeah and then here it's job creators it's the same yeah. thing it's nationalism when you want it to be bad it's patriotism when you want it to be good yeah. it's oligarchs when you want it to be bad job creators when you want it to be good but the reality is is they're all shitty like it's all mm-hmm. it's all it's all crap it's yeah all crap. and. The thing is, like, when you get in that discussion, like, a lot of, like, the big liberal thinkers will say, oh, you know, like, this is nationalism, not patriotism. If Obama had a military parade with, like, tanks and stuff and everything, he's like, "We're, uh, let me be clear, we are celebrating our uh, <laughs> U.S. military, and um, I, 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 there's at least 20 gay people here, and we're, <laughs> we, uh, we have a lot of respect for um, freedom and uh, gay rights abroad, and I love this country. That would be that would be patriotism, it's but it's the same thing. Intersectional <laughs> imperialism. Uh, but so okay, so going off of what uh, you guys are saying, you know, just this is actually what's kind of scaring me about this whole military parade thing because it's like you know just kind of like what you're saying. You think the next Democrat isn't going to do this? I know for sure the next Republican is going to do this. And if the next Democrat doesn't do this, there's going to be a political fight about it. Oh, yeah. Like, so, uh, Democrats aren't patriotic. Do they even love right. America? Do they they even... didn't bring tanks down our streets. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a constant pissing contest to prove that you love America as much as the Republicans. And you're never... The thing is, like, you can say, oh, I love America. I want better things for people. But love... Okay, Republicans understand how you actually love America. America craves violence and death. Like that is that is the what you put on the altar to love America. They're doing it right. They love America more than anybody. Right. <laughs> no, but I mean, just like imagine President Tom Cotton. Uh, yeah, we have. Uh, look at these uh, new F. Uh, uh, 550s or whatever and like they're gonna go and uh, uh, strike Iran next week and it'll be a two strikes quick and it'll just be all done and you know just like it's just so scary just like thinking about how like uh, we're quickly becoming more militaristic and our, our uh, military you know um, 
our military history is different from other countries, whereas, like, you know, there isn't much civilian um, interaction with the military as there is in, like, other countries. So you have ICE, which is hyper-militarized paramilitary force in the United States, and then you have, um, you know, the actual military starting to do parades, you know, and this is a slippery slope that we're going down, and it's... It's uh, pretty uh, disconcerting, to say the least. I would, uh, I don't know. I think Americans have a lot of exposure to the military, a lot more than other countries. Like, in France, like, you could protest and stuff or without getting worried about getting mowed down by machine guns. By you the know? National Guard. We have constant, we have uh, enforced our street that have guns, often military weapons. A lot of people have seen police ride in, like assault vehicles and stuff i i just like american culture is very militarized so i don't it, just because it's not the actual army marching through the streets doesn't mean we're not exposed to a militarized state right because i think if we're talking militarized states we have one of the most militarized states in the world and well, also well, yeah, military I mean, every, police police yeah. forces in america especially especially poor communities and communities of color they basically act as occupying military and forces. they talk yeah. about the civilians mm -hmm. and um the other countries is not like that. And I mean, a lot of countries that are like that, we call dictatorships. It, yeah, yeah. And that's what I was going to say. If things like what happened in Ferguson, when they had the national yeah. guard come in and how they, how they actually dispersed the crowds, um, in Ferguson or even in Baltimore and stuff like that, um, during anti-cop and anti-militaristic, anti-police state, like protests, if those happened in like Iraq, they would have it on the news and they would talk about like, you know, yeah, how right. savage th that government is for doing it to its people, which is why I always thought that it was very funny that you know Putin was like oh look what's happening in Ferguson and you want to talk about my country and how how we quell our protesters and like he, we couldn't say shit to that yeah. like it was true like damn nigga like Putin's right like we are we do treat and our protesters like shit we only hate the Russians because they're foreign and because it's a scary concept to us yeah and Chicago I went to the Chicago Art Museum a while ago and I was looking at old Soviet propaganda and like all of it is attacking how America and capitalism is insanely racist yeah like there's one really powerful it was a statue of liberty holding like a bag of money and also lynching someone yeah and like it's lady liberty which yeah. is and it's, it's yeah. very ironic because russia is a, was one of like i think it's in the top 10 places that african americans are advised not to travel in alone yeah. without a caucasian um person with them and it's because the russian community is very homogenized and the parts of russia that aren't homogenized to be like white to look like what you assume a russian looks like they're in their own distinct communities um so it's easy for them to say well look we have no racism like yeah you don't have any black people either and it's but it's very smart of russia to do that i think that it's very clever that they have all that has always been their mo like we don't treat our non-existent black people like shit but it's good it, it's effective well also after the fall of soviet union russia has um the highest population of white nationalists in the world actually higher than america and um i mean it's the same reason. I mean, same reasons as America. You have a lot of the poor whites. And also, like, this, I like to explain racism to people, um, people who just deny black racism in America. I was like, if you go to a country, right, and you start to learn their language and figure stuff out, you can always tell who the minority is there, right? So if you went to Russia, you'd be like, oh, the, the Slavs are getting, and Ukrainians, I think Ukrainians are getting treated Chechnyans, poorly. Chechnyans, they're, yeah. they're, in, they're in the ghettos. They're the poor people. So these, these people are minorities, yeah. and you'd be able to pick that up as an outsider, well, but in your country, you could deny it. You could be like, oh, everyone's equal, right? But like, yeah. if you move to France, you'd be able to tell who the outsiders were. Immediately. You, yeah, and like, that's like, you know, it's easy for people coming into America, but if you're born 
born with our propaganda and you consume our media, you could be like, oh, MLK did this, Obama's president's racism's over. We're all right. equal. Well, you, you, <laughs> guys heard, you guys have heard the old right-wing joke, right? Like, they all say, right, like, oh, America, we're all divided. Uh, uh, the blacks are mad at us about racism. Look at China. They're all Chinese. They're not fighting each other, right? Well, like, people usually use Japan as an example. And like, and, no, I mean, yeah. And they have, like, Muslims in concentration camps right now. Right, no, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, like, you know, you have, you have like, uh, Muslim population in um, China. You have a, a growing Muslim population in Russia, which is why they're so, um, you know, interested in what's going on in uh, northern Syria. And, uh, you know, like, that's actually, like, you know, that's actually uh, just to bring this global, right? You know, like, we have Saudi Arabia, you know, that's... Um, uh, funding the Trump administration's uh, re-election campaign, basically, um, and you also got, uh, you know, Israel, who's who actually f train the police officers to come and uh, militarize and occupy our uh, most. Um, our, our most, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, you know, they're at risk, most at vulnerable. risk, vulnerable, vulnerable communities, right? So, like this, is who are trained in the Israeli government or the Israeli, the IDF is trained by the United States police force, and a lot of the IDF tactics. So it's the reverse. Were bred. It, it, the oh, IDF. I, I heard, I heard no, the IDF. The, the IDF trains, trains our police. police. Yeah. <laughs> See, and I heard it was the opposite. So that's really interesting. Well, if you want to go way back, um, Israel did definitely like you know look to the U.S. as like segregation and Jim Crow, right? So, so did Hitler. Yeah. So did Hitler. Yeah. Well, moving on to a related story, uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, oh, 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 oh! We didn't, we didn't cover about how uh, Donald Trump said the revolutionary uh, troops like took over the airplanes. The airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second! <laughs> did you hear this? Put yeah, a I did. Yeah. We got it. <laughs> Wait a minute! You gotta put, you gotta put that sound in the podcast. Oh, we need that sound in the podcast. Like, what a fucking smooth-brained motherfucker! Like, how are you so goddamn stupid that you motherfucking think that there were airports during the Revolutionary War? What the fuck is I your problem? My my aunt, she's so funny. She's like kind of like a like a baby leftist. She's kind of like dipping her toes in far left ideology, and she's been posting the funniest memes, like gym memes on on Facebook. And it was one, and it was supposed to be like um, a letter from the Revolution, and it's like, my dearest Abigail, like we finally took. <laughs> We, we finally took the forces at JFK. And, you know, all of these things, and it was like you know. Next, we're moving on to LaGuardia. Yeah, we, we camped out for the night by the by the Cinnabon, and, and like it was just so it was so funny. And I was like, I just love old people's humor about this. They they really create the best tweet or the best memes. They're gems. Oh, oh revolutionary wow. troops! We have the best troops. They were so handsome, so clean. We they were the best troops. They took over everything. They took over the trains. <laughs> they took over the airplanes. <laughs> they I, took over the Wi-Fi. They they changed the Wi-Fi passwords. <laughs> I saw I saw a lot of bad jokes from like uh, the Lin Manuel 
know, um, Hamilton crowd. Oh, though, like, oh, you know, we know history. We know the revolution. Oh, uh, yeah. And I was like, of course, Trump's dumb. Who gives a shit? He's just an idiot. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, <laughs> and Fox News will definitely like try. They will try with all their might. To either not focus on it at all, not focus on that comment at all, right. or to make it seem like it was like somehow just like a like a slip of the tongue. Is that, is that the phrase? See, yeah, that I is? just don't know. I just I just don't understand how it doesn't click with these people. Like as soon as they hear that, they just don't. As soon as they hear that, go, oh, this guy is just talking a bunch of bullshit. He doesn't even know what's coming out <laughs> of his mouth. They're conservatives, dude. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Like, how well, yeah, there fucking was... dumb can you be? I mean, at there this point, that... like how how. If you're not going, if if you haven't recognized it by now, right? I mean, because like even like in all of his rallies and campaign speeches in 2015, you could tell like this guy can't even speak in complete yeah. sentences. Yeah. Like I mean, obviously, worse, obviously but... his brain is pudding. Right. <laughs> let me oh let God. me let me pose a question, everyone. Right? Because uh, okay, if there was um, if the first left candidate, right, who like agreed with everything we agreed with, was a complete fucking idiot, would you support them? Because I would. I I I hesitate to say yes just because I feel like that comparison isn't um it doesn't compare to what Trump is actually doing because I don't think that Trump has done good for the far right community like Oh, like, he has. He's he's pushed well, so many things. When you consider the workers, things. when you when you consider the the, the workers. They don't care about the workers though. When I mean, you talk to farmers. I just, I, I just don't think that structurally there is the same type of opportunity for that type of leftist to get very far because where does Trump kind of get Trump kind of gets his power one from money you know he's I love the uneducated he, he, yeah no he he gets his he gets his uh he's got money he's got a lot of money he gets a lot of uh contributions like single person contributions and his second thing is racism demagoguery right you're yeah, not I gonna mean, have a left candidate but it who's gonna be able Able to tap into that. Oh, okay, for sure. No. Bernie Sanders, look, everyone wants to talk about how, you know, leftists never go after minorities, but Bernie Sanders is going after the 1%. All right. <laughs> they are a minority in this country. People of wealth have extremely hard. You're, you're claiming, you're, you're claiming, you're claiming, you're claiming, you're claiming uh, leftists can't be as dumb as Trump, though. That's the thing. Like, Trump, I'm not saying yeah. they can't be dumb, dumb as Trump. I just, I'm saying they can't. There's less tolerance around the left. Yeah. I, no, no, I, no, I don't. I'm not even saying that. I'm saying I structurally. I think, so. I think I'm that. saying structurally, there's not a path the power for a dumb person in the left no that is that should be untrue right like we shouldn't care how educated someone someone could this thing like a supreme court justice if they're gonna vote the way i want them to vote i don't liberals love to hold up the meritocracy intelligence like someone could be a complete fucking idiot but if i'm guaranteed they're gonna vote for abortion rights everything i want Look, to i'm on the same they're boat good. as you yeah i'm I on mean, the same boat this thing as you is, i feel like theoretically that works yeah but, theor- we, but we don't want someone who is uh, i don't know if we don't want of the laws you know what i mean who's gonna go up there and they're you know gonna be an idiot i think what made scalia so powerful and what makes us hate him so much is that he was so educated and he could interpret it any way he want because of his knowledge of the constitution and about the laws and it, it made him so strong because of that and that is not me like trying to praise scalia because i wake up every day and thank god that he is gone but like i hate it's smart true. racist yeah. it, it, it's it, Smart racist, like I mean, I know it's, it's kind of like a comp- yeah. oxymoron in some respects, but like they have a way of trying to wrap their racism in like pseudo intellectualness and yeah. like kind of like a Ben Shapiro style. And yeah, it's yes. it makes you probably yeah, it's dangerous. But the thing is, well, right, most people right. are just straight up grifters. Yeah. yeah. Well, that too. 
But yeah. uh, the thing is, intelligence, yeah, it does help you and shit. But, like, the thing is, like, if there was someone further left to Bernie to stupor than him, I would. So, what do you mean? Well, what that do you was mean Jill by sign, right? I mean, well, yeah, I mean, it's just like, <laughs> like it's like, I, I'm saying it's a liberal thing to cop up in, like, the discussion about, like, someone's inherent IQ and how smart they are. You're, like, liberals like to say, oh, look, Hillary's so much smarter than Trump. It doesn't fucking matter. Trump won because he is good at just giving speeches and riling people up. Yeah. And that's politics. He understands how power works. Talking? He's not he's not dumb in certain it's aspects, true. but he's an idiot. It doesn't like matter. Like you you go to Harvard and lose to fucking Donald Trump, even if he's an idiot, it doesn't matter, is okay. what I'm saying. Well it's it's cause he, it's not that he's smart, it's that he's talented. Yeah, it in, doesn't in matter. Things. In politics, yeah. your intelligence matters a lot less than a bunch of other things. Like I agree. how I agree. good you're talking to people. Like, yeah, like it does you know, I don't I don't think Bernie's smart and Kamala Harris. What do you mean by dumb though? What? What do you mean by a dumb person? Do you mean just like somebody? Well, I'm who, saying like, it's not even something we should engage with. Like, if you're a leftist, you should agree that like the least educated person should be able to lead our country. So you should accept dumb people running the country. If Donald Trump's an idiot, big fucking deal. He's a racist. That's a bigger issue. I, I I would I would amend that by saying if you're a leftist, you believe that um like dumb people have the same you know, access and rights and privileges as everybody else. Yeah, to say including that, to, the fact to like yeah. If, so if they so they they could run saying for just president. As, but like my point is my point. Like, what do you mean by dumb? Trump people? isn't unfit to rule just because he's an idiot. He's unfit to rule because he's a fascist. Yes, I, I agree. think it's both. Yeah. I think it's both. I think that he was electable because he could say things and fumble on things and people from lower income communities who don't have access to as good as uh, a, a, like very good education and things like that. They can relate to him and they can look to him and say, like, look at how far he's made it without the education of these like uppity northerners, these uppity like, you know, New Englanders who look down on us because, you know, we didn't go to college or perhaps we have GEDs and things like that. I think that that is what struck those people like the uneducated and like like you Correct, said, Alex, yeah. I think that it is important that leftists agree that I guess for lack of a better word like stupid people they deserve access to absolutely everything that the most intelligent of the country are entitled to as well can they should they be able to run for no president? such thing as unskilled Absol labor every, every stupid person has the right to run for president as long as they meet the qualifications and age and whatever whatever should they win no that's merit <laughs> that's the concept of meritocracy though which the left should be stalwart against because right wingers think AOC is stupid and they pull sound right. bites of her saying stuff that right. seems uninformed. They think she's a complete okay. idiot. Is she an idiot? Perception of intelligence a lot of times is contextual. IQ tests are made up and they yes, don't work. Yeah. Yes. Like, that's what I'm saying. So at the end of the day, it is, what does this person okay. believe in? So look, so like, look. And, and also, no. the, the, well, the, well, well, that's why I was asking you, what do you like? What do you think about, like, what, what do you mean by dumb? So like, okay, so like, I, I what do you I, mean by dumb? I had a different kind of idea, I think, than you, what you meant by dumb. What I meant by dumb was like, they don't understand like the power dynamics. They just agree with us on all these issues, right? If they don't understand power, like I could care less if they don't know what a earned income tax credit is, and yeah. they know, they understand power and they agree with us on the issues. I agree with you on that. Well, and also like if you look, if you look at SNL, all they do is just talk about how dumb Donald Trump is, right? Where that's not the issue with Donald Trump. Like, sure, he might be an idiot, but like thing is like the right wing, they do the same thing with AOC. They think she's an idiot. And if you ask a right winger, 
they're going to say she's a very unintelligent person. It, and that's the thing. If you just get the rhetoric away from that, right. they think she's an idiot because she's saying left-wing stuff, and they right. think that's dumb. No. But, so, I mean... So, so, so look, like, we, I think we reached a consensus here for sure. Well, I mean, Allie, like, uh, you have, uh, like, Ben? Well, I was just going to say, I, I'm not sure I, I agree with you 100%, but I definitely understand the point you're trying to make in that, like, for example, I, I'm supporting Sanders, not not because I think he's a fucking genius or that yeah. he's the smartest guy yes. in the room, right. but because he is principled and I trust principled, him. Principled, exactly. I, I trust him to surround himself with people yes. who can yeah. inform him on things that he's not. Yeah. And you have to be able That's to true. listen to people around you. That is what you should be more like. That should be what it's about. Liberals love to base themselves meritocracy the whole thing about kamala the whole thing about hillary is how capable educated and experienced they are Look, so if leftists start falling into that trap that is the incorrect way to think about it because then you start talking about concepts like inherent intelligence no, yeah. things that are tend to be frankly racist no right yeah, yeah like classes classist right. the whole concept of intelligence in america yeah, is racially exactly. based so like leftists should be looking at ideology your ability to listen to people and also frankly your ability to like rile up a crowd bernie's good at that yes. yeah that is not based in intelligence. And right. like okay. there's been a ton of capable leaders who aren't geniuses. You know well, what I'm saying? And and I think it doesn't is, matter. And, and it honest, shouldn't be the type of rhetoric we're talking about. Like you shouldn't be talking about how smart someone is. Right. I think that should be out of the conversation. Yeah, I think strategically, I think you have a point, Mitch, because yeah. it's it's much better it's it's much easier to gain power when you have a following when you give people an emotional uh reason to uh support you right and um if you understand power and you can you know do things in that way i think that that's actually more important than the whole meritocracy type thing and i think i think you're right about and that and you if you talk about the mainstream media right like if you had like um I mean, think it, Trump like gets attacked on his intelligence and stuff. I mean, he is dumb. I mean, he probably is stun downing and stuff. But like, you know, would be attacked the most on their intelligence if you had like, you know, oh Bernie, that say he's senile, like, or yeah. a woman, yeah, or like a woman, if yeah. you had like a leftist woman who was going forward, oh, like AOC, AOC gets a ton of stuff, like stuff with her face and like, yep. uh huh. You Could know, you like, imagine AOC as Senate Majority Leader? Like how like freaked out Fox News would be. Well, yeah. yeah, if you go home, if you like a white person goes home and talks to their grandparents, they think she's a complete airhead. Right. see you see, you hear a lot of that stuff, and like I'm just saying, the discourse needs to go away from being so obsessed with merit because meritocracy isn't real. The most I intelligent do, people do not with, succeed. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Now, now that you've said that, I do. Yeah. Th that does make a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Now, before we move on, Zach, do you have a do you have a take on this? Oh, I mean, not really. I mean, I, I kind of agree. Uh, I think that's something that's kind of undervalued in American society. We always talk about intelligence. One thing we don't really talk about is emotional intelligence, yeah. the ability to um, have empathy for others mm -hmm. uh, and, and understand their, yeah. uh, which kind of goes into that idea. Like, um, you can be extremely intelligent, but if you are not class conscious of the people that yeah. are weren't as privileged as you to be able to get that education, then, yeah, it doesn't matter. Absolutely. So, I mean, there's like definitely like a... An emotional intelligence that must be needed in the conversation. I forgot there's a mathematician who got interviewed, and he was like one of the best mathematicians at his time. And they're like, "Oh, like what's it feel like to be like the smartest one of the smartest people in the world?" And he's like, "Well, I bet you there's lots of people in Africa who are smarter than me, 
inherently, but they never got the education to succeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so like I was in a lucky situation where I'm very smart and I got the education to succeed and here I am. But like he's like, I don't think I'm the smartest person in the world or anything. And like like having that type of reflection. Like humility and yeah, Where Obama knowledge. was like a constitutional yeah, yeah. learner. Obama had zero class consciousness. Obama was very yes. bootstrapped. Didn't he yeah. read David Brooks every week? He read David Brooks, yeah. <laughs> and I mean I think Obama's smarter than a lot of people. Yeah, but I mean like, certainly smarter than Trump, but I mean but, when you consider the situation that he he did technically leave us in when you consider the immigration uh, crisis that we're in now yeah. was created by him. And he thought you could work with Republicans, which is actually pretty stupid. Right. Um, yeah. He was an idealist in weird right-wing ways sometimes. But yeah. like, you know, how, it's how you utilize what you, you know, how you plan to act when you're president. And uh, anyone who leads the country should have people surrounding them to inform them. I think, and again, I think Bernie's like a normal guy. I don't think he's like a genius or anything, but yeah. And people uh, always talk about, uh, you know, like how um, uh, smarter would be better. But uh, I mean, honestly, I think Mike Pence is smarter than Trump, and I don't want Mike Pence. Absolutely, yeah. Trump. fucking yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, that's it's exactly like going back. Well, to like he'd be better and executing Scalia, it, yeah. and then going yeah, back to exactly. Antoine Scalia. So you don't want the smart racist, right? Yeah, they're they're more formidable. It is a formidable enemy to have a smart fascist. Mm-hmm. It just is. Well, another example. Another yeah. example with the Democrats, like Pete Buttigieg, is really really smart. Mm-hmm. He's I mean he's a Rhodes Scholar. I mean he speaks like twenty languages or whatever. But like he, lacks he would that make emotional he, he lacks, he lacks the emotional, emotional intelligence yeah. and. And uh, he would make a terrible president. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, we have to move on to our next story here, uh, which is uh, which is sort of related to what we were talking about. Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, legendary advice columnist E. Jean Carroll accused Donald Trump of raping her in the dressing room of a New York City department store about 23 years ago. Um, and it's, it's just another it's just another one added on to um, like more than a dozen women who have. Uh, come forward with allegations against Trump of sexual misconduct and just makes you wonder like what is anything going to happen with this at all well uh, i do i do think that what is hopeful is that jeffrey epstein has been arrested yes. it's it's very it, it's very important that um this happened because this was a billionaire who in 2003 was interviewed by vanity fair and it gave him this kind of illusion of being a jay gatsby-esque figure he was shrouded in mystery he was rich he lived in this like nine-story house in new york he has the largest estates in not only new york state but also in i want to say arizona and he lived lived this very shrouded in mystery life that aided him in all of his horrible like disgusting things that he did so he was arrested for sex trafficking okay sex trafficking minors minors specifically and the as conspiracy, young as 14 as young as 14 and the conspiracy um to do it now he was arrested in i want to say 2007 um on similar charges and it was engaging in sex with um underage girls as young as 14 i think it was 2015 and he was arrested for soliciting prostitution from an underage girl. See, and I thought that it was earlier because he got a very lenient sen- sentence. Right. And I thought that it had to do with him having information, or maybe it was that he was investigated at that time, and that it's believed that he had information about the um, 
financial crisis that ended up happening the next year in 2008. Mm -hmm. And that was why he either had the charges dismissed, dismissed, excuse me, or they were so small. Um, But I mean, that's a tangled web. I think that the first step is absolutely getting him in prison. And I think the rest will fall. Prince Andrew of the Royal Kingdom and um, the United Kingdom, um, Donald Trump, obviously, Bill Bill Clinton, Clinton. um, various other professors, intellects, and Did, all or as Nancy Did, Pelosi's wait. daughter would say some of our faves. Yeah, I was going to say that tweet. <laughs> Someone, a, li- a lib tweeted, well, as Nancy Pelosi's Here's daughter. Nancy yeah. Pelosi's daughter. She was yeah. like, some Christine. of your you know, we have to we have to be strong here. I'm sure some of our faves are going to be implicated. Are going to be implicated. Like, and everyone was like, if people said that about Bill, uh, Bill Cosby, you know, like, oh, he was my fave. He was a rapist, but that's my fave. They won't co- say it about him. He's black. They did say that, though. <laughs> they, they did. did. They did. <laughs> the black community did. Oh, that's just like, oh, I, that is like one of the most irritating things in the world to me is that like just lack of principle that says like you know if depending on the letter next to this politician's name is whether I'm going to support them or not if they're a sexual predator that is absurd yeah that is it blows my mind absurd. Well, so if we're looking at if we're looking at comparing Epstein and Trump one one thing I would say is that uh, I'm I'm really glad that Epstein was arrested and he's probably going to go to prison for the rest of his life yeah. he's going to get pardoned. I don't think well, so. Are, I'm hoping for the max. I think the max is 45 so, years. He'll die there. So here, here's the thing. Like Epstein, he was caught. He was caught fucking kids, um, and he's not a sitting president. And I think, um, I think this country. Uh, and maybe our society, uh, at least nominally, values children more than like adult women. That that if that works when you. Th- that works to an extent because the reason that so many of his of uh, Jeffrey Epstein's victims had recanted their stories or dropped their suits was because um, Epstein's lawyers had dredged up photos of them on like Facebook and MySpace doing drugs. That was enough for girls to be on there. Mind you, girls who were vulnerable. A lot of these girls were either on the brink of being homeless, homeless, foster care system children. Um, some of them were like promised like well, extremely lucrative like modeling careers. Not, not, not to mention some of them. It was a pipeline some of them became recruiters for the organization yes, yep um, um and it's it's so when you consider someone like jeffrey epstein um who i think did make it possible and this is just my understanding and obviously i don't i don't understand the underworkings of like you know child sex trafficking and things like that but made it possible for trump to do a lot of especially his allegations with minors because he he did pre, even before his presidency had allegations of rape against minors. anyone who leads a uh, teen beauty pageants or yes. participates in them should be arrested just on <laughs> principle yeah mm-hmm. are, uh, are the q people following this at all oh no the q people are saying it's conspiracy against trump uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, see, I was thinking that possibly, you know, Trump has been a sleeper agent. You know, this Q, <laughs> this Q thing has been going on a long have time. You... And that's why Trump is on the Epstein flight logs. He's got the evidence. And now we're close to where Robert Mueller and Trump are going to come out and say, we got her. Uh, have... we, got, we got Hillary. <laughs> And do you think? Do you, wait, 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 do you think? Do you think Trump? Maybe that's why he's like going senile. He's not getting enough adrenochrome. Have you? Uh, <laughs> have you heard? Uh, have you heard the quote from Trump? He said, "I've known Jeff for 15 years. This is for a while ago. I've, I've known Jeff for 15 years. Terrific guy. He's a lot of fun to be with. It's even said that he likes beautiful women as much as I do, and many of them." 
on the younger side. You know, but you know, oh, you know what's Christ. scary is that the Vanity Fair... 2002, he said that. Yeah, and see, in 2003 was when the Vanity Fair uh, magazine had came out, and it also mentioned that he liked younger women in the magazine. So when you're reading it, it's very, I guess, like kind of surreal, but very frightening, because they there were victims that were named in that that were close to him um, that were being victimized the entire time, and, and we had no idea about that. Yeah, and the thing is, like... The whole term is eccentric, right? Yeah, uh, a lot. Yes. Of, it's usually you know younger women, jet setting. Um, you know, I mean, I think we've seen that. Like, if you're rich, like you the college scandals with coaches. Um, I mean, what happened at Michigan State recently? Yeah. Um, if you're rich and powerful, you you know it, it seems to. Chapel's talked about us too. Like the the QAnon, Pizzagate people. It's always about pedophilia with them, even, unless it's about Trump. But the thing is, yeah, powerful people do largely for some reason partake in pedophilia for some reason because they can get away with it which yeah and i I think that um you know the rates of pedophilia are a lot higher than we think but it's who gets away with it versus who doesn't and i think that rich people get away with that on a very large scale very discreetly for many years all of it um have you ever heard this like a concept that they like basically do all this together to just like you know keep each other in line Yes, yeah. that, that is that is a thing. Um, all criminals do that. Right. Uh, well, not all criminals. Excuse me. When you find criminal rings like that, so if one person goes down, they all got something they on the all, other. Yeah. So no one can implicate the other. It's very yeah. much like marrying a criminal and not having to testify again. Well, I mean, if Bill Clinton gets, I mean, Bill Clinton was on a jet multiple times. Yes. The thing is, it's a bipartisan thing. Epstein hung out with I mean he also hung out with like Chris Tucker and shit Chris, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and he, he yeah. is on the he is on the fly logs and yeah. so was Kevin Spacey Ke- which yeah. just makes it even more eerie when you consider yeah. that that uh, Kevin Spacey was there as well and they went to vulnerable communities in Africa um and he he's he's like known as this philanthropist yeah. and I think that he does that I hate to say smartly, but I think that he does it very consciously of the fact that he can be like, I'm a philanthropist. Yeah, I he, love people. And you can watch uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He's a full-on rapist. Yeah, I'm, I'm a full-on rapist. <laughs> <laughs> what is it that you do again? I work, I'm like a janitor. And, um, I'm a full-on rapist, you know? Um, Africans, dyslexics, children, that sort of thing. I'm sorry. Did you say you're a full-on rapist? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I help, I help people, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm a, a full, a full, a full in. Um, a philanthropist? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It gets blocked up in my mouth. I don't say it no good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Epstein. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a full-on rapist. <laughs> <laughs> so I think like one of the most disappointing um, things that I've seen from this whole uh, rape allegation is the fact that like the media is kind of just like pushing it aside to um, basically say that this is the same scandal. Like as if like each individual story is not important in and of itself. That like you know the it, it doesn't matter that it's another woman with another. But we're story. going back to Trump, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 It, it's, it's not. It's not enough that it's like. A, it's it's just like a. It's the same scandal. Like if they're trying to lump it all together as the same scandal, which when that's just wrong. Like individually, each of these women have a story. Each of these stories are equally as important. And just because three came before doesn't mean this one's uh, any less important. If anything, 
it means it's more important. Particularly, well, the, particularly in this case, there are two contemporary or contemporaneous uh, friends that she told. They, yes. she mm-hmm. told contemporaneously that uh, this happened, and it was all like uh, it, she, um, you know. Uh, wrote about it in quite detail. I'm not going to get yeah. into specifics yeah. of it, but um, that was particularly uh, unsettling. At from what I understand from her account, at first she was like, it, pro- she, it sounds like she was in at least a little bit of denial until her friends, friends told, told her, her you were was. raped. You, you should think, go to the police. You think that's why the Republicans won't pass the Violence Against Women Act? Because oh, I mean, it would yes, just like, dude, like, could you imagine Trump signing the Violence Against Women Act? Like, Republicans that never pass any. Any, any bill like that, just on principle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they have before, haven't they? The they they did under Bush. They didn't even do the ERA. No. Yeah, they don't, um, they don't care. But the thing is, everyone talks about the Overton window shifting to the left of the AOC and stuff, but like, there's also the Overton window of like uh, executive untouchability, right? Like, yeah. like Bill Clinton got a blowjob and almost, it was almost an impeachable offense. Now Trump has had so many allegations against him a lot of impeachable shit he's done i mean the whole russiagate thing which we don't want to get into a lot of this yeah. was baked but, in before the election um yeah the thing is like and he's like essentially proven that if you have you know if you have the people supporting you and saying in congress like you could just do whatever you want you'll never have a threat well, impeachment you know this is, i would say like you know if any of this would have happened under obama we'd have Wall, like endless 24-hour coverage uh, hearings. And there would be absolutely 100% hearings about this. And the fact that the House is just like, you can't, on one hand, say that this is the most dangerous president that we've ever had, and that like you know this is like a complete disaster, and at the same time not hold him accountable. Yeah. And a good thought like, experiment is if it was a far-left candidate who had even a fourth these like things pop up, how fast they'd be impeached. Oh, it would be it'd, it'd be when instant. You, I mean, Benghazi was like yeah. literally forever and it was like nothing compared to this. Well, yeah. even it, on, on kind of the same topic, when um, Bernie Sanders' uh, short story or what was it, his like poem that came out oh, where, the satire. Yeah. where he had mentioned that uh, women have like a deep-seated desire to be raped or to have a rape, that, that women have rape fantasies, which was just something that he had wrote. It wasn't an allegation that Bernie Sanders had even raped a woman or anything like that when that came out people they jumped all over it the coverage a lot of people think that that is a big reason why a lot of women didn't support bernie sanders and why it was easy for people to attack (laughs) women who supported bernie sanders that and madeline albright which i which we won't get into but when you consider what they did to a left candidate just bringing up the topic of it and then how they're doing this, it's, 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 yeah, if it had been even Obama, yeah, they would have been all over that. The thing is, executive, executive power has been increasing. Mostly yes. and Democrats love to increase executive power, increase a lot under Obama, because they, they always thought there'd be some type of philosopher king in place, right? So, like, now you have this all powerful executive branch who could do whatever they want. Which, I mean, under Trump, it's exposing how flawed that is. You know, yeah. you have a, a guy who, if any, if anything actually comes forward legally, he's talked about um, pardoning himself. So, like, all of his sex crimes, every, you know, everything he has or hasn't done allegedly can basically untouchable. And, I mean, it's a very scary situation, which our supposedly left-wing party has created right. for this absolute monster. And it's... Well, I, I mean, mean the and the thing leadership. is, that, and everyone who comes forward to it is base will give them death threats. You know, they know 
I mean, if you come forward about Trump, you have to know at the end of the day, nothing is going to happen to him. And that it's terrifying to come forward because not only are you not going to be able to do anything, but you're going to get threats of violence from his supporters. Yeah. And this all falls onto the Democratic leadership. This is their fault. It's their job to keep uh, Trump and the Republicans accountable. And they're doing a very poor job of that. Yes, they are. It's a really hard situation because... I mean, he should be held accountable. And I think another way to hold him accountable is like mass, mass, like, like Bernie talked about in the um, debates, like mass action, people taking to the streets. But will that happen in America, a place where we have rape culture and, you know, undermine sexual assault? I don't know. I don't think that'll happen here. Yeah. I think that there's a, there's a, there's a general disrespect for women that is still pervasive in our society. And I think that, um, Carol tried to kind of go into that with her interview with Anderson Cooper and did it in a very <laughs> weird Anderson um, Cooper, yeah. Yeah. She did it in a very weird way. And I know that I said it to Alex yesterday. It, it seems like she said, in a, just the worst way she could that we live in a rape culture um, where and we also live in a society where rape is it, it is fair to say that fantasies about rape are widespread. You yeah. you find it on porn websites. You can't find it on Pornhub, um, but you can go to any number of porn websites and find type in force, type in rape. There's numerous websites where you can find rape fantasy porn and things like that. She said that. In a weird way to an audience who couldn't understand that in right. as layman of terms as she and said. I don't think it's a place to talk about that. Like, okay, uh, it kind of, it's it's used as a weapon to, you know, nip that dialogue in the you know in the butt. Oh, well, and it makes crazy, uh, it weird. Right. It makes it yeah. crazy. Thank you. Because uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, and like if you like if you talk about if you say psychology or something, a lot of rape victims will often have rape fetishes and fantasies but as a that, coping mechanism as a coping mechanism right, which, but which that that has no that has no place in the greater discourse of is this was this woman assaulted it further right? complicates an issue that people want to continue complicating and, instead of yeah. understanding and if you're getting into stuff like that and that's a lot of people use psychology as a way to like or stuff like that to just get around the topic and it's it's like it has no place in that conversation if you're talking about someone being assaulted the whole conversation should be was this person assaulted when were they assaulted what should we do about it you shouldn't talk about other things like oh some people who are assaulted have fantasies about it like that doesn't fucking matter and if you're bringing that up you're just trying to minimize this and it frankly it sounds weird in that context if you're in a classroom and you're talking about the impacts of like stockholm syndrome and being assaulted talk about then (laughs) but not when you're talking about an actual victim in an actual situation and i know that the white house has obviously fervently denied the accusations and whatever um but the biggest thing that they seem to be using as a weapon against carol is um the time so her age has been one so just her time on earth um the time it took for her to come forward in the fact that she cannot remember the specific date well it does i mean that shouldn't matter because number one she told two people contemporaneously number two there's no statute of limitations on rape in new york city so or in new york so right but when you consider and, and, and when you also consider that 
Donald Trump is comparing his rape accusations to Brett Kavanaugh having accusations against him. It's very much that like boys club thing where he's like, right. I was accused of rape just like this rapist. This is awful. I can't believe they're doing this to me. And it's like this, this really horrifying, let's get us off of the facts and let's get us onto like a controversy, um, you know, about the facts, not even the facts themselves. And it is so insidious the way that they do this. Let's focus on these minute details instead of the details. Well, it works with their base, right? If you talk to a lot of Republicans or Libertarians, they'll say a big thing they talk about is uh, people lie about being raped. What about the women who lie? They need to be punished, They should be punished as much, yeah. So it it takes away, detracts from actual rape allegations. I'm going to tell you something. People say that to every rape victim. They say it. They'll deny that it yeah. happened. If you go to the cops, that is what they will do. When I went to the cops for a very simple sexual assault in high school. I was told not to report it yeah. because of all of these myriad of reasons. It was my word against his and that I was not, not going to come out looking the better afterwards. So I never reported my rape. And guess what? Maybe in 25 years, my rapist will run for office. It's a very, it yeah. is a very... It could happen, okay? And I would hate for someone to be like, oh, no, that didn't happen. Why are you coming out 25 years later after exactly. saying it? I would and hate that. A lot a lot of people tell their inner circle there's nothing you could do about it. Another strong-arm technique that wealthier men will use is you sue the victim for defamation. Yes. And then you eventually, at that point in civil court, it's a battle of wealth. And... There's if actually you can't, if you can't afford it, then you don't show up, and so you forfeit you lose. the case, and, and then, then it makes you look like you're the loser. Heart no. And then you can't, yeah. then you can't pursue it anymore. Yeah, yep. that is a common tactic um, that I've that's heard why we about need to, a lot. That's why we need to pass the Violence Against Women Act. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So, <clears throat> sorry. So uh, we're running out of time here, so we got to move on to our uh, final segment. Um, Moving on to the horse race electoral bullshit we all love, uh, we uh, had a we had a presidential Democratic debate last week, um, and we all saw Kamala Harris uh, <laughs> fucking destroy Biden. Drag Biden for filth. Um, it's uh, she she did she did go back on what she said. Uh, with regards to busing, yeah, she flopped on everything she yeah. said. Yeah, controversial statement, but either I'm way, kind of happy to see a cop kill a white man. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Biden, Biden is still uh, defending his uh, is still defending chode. his stance on 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 busing, and uh, here's a clip real quick. I was talking with you and Jill. You said you were expecting to have a target on your back, but the intensity of some of it. Did you see the questions about? your past positions from the perspective of race being as relevant as they are? No, and I don't think they're relevant because they're taken out of context. What I didn't see is people who know me. I mean, they know me well. Uh, It's not like uh, it's somebody just came out of the blue, didn't know anything, but it's so easy to go back and go back 30, 40, 50 years and take a context and take it completely out of context. And I mean, you know, I, I get all this information about other people's past and what they've done and not done. And, you know, I'm just not going to go there. If we keep doing that, that's, I mean, what we should be debating, what we do from here. For example, this whole thing about race and busing. Well, you know, I think if you take a look, our positions aren't any different, as we're finding out. Um, With Senator Harris, who said she sees it as a tool, not a must in all circumstances. Yeah, well, (laughs) look at my record. But and, I don't think busing is about policy, Mr. Vice no, President. No, it's not. I think it was about principle. When you look back at your record, 
on it. You were not in favor of busing. It was a different time. There were different applications. Why not just own it well, and say, way, here's the thing, I was Chris. against it, but no, now I've changed. I was, I was in favor of busing that was de jure busing. That is, if a court ruled that there was a law passed or circumstance that a, a county, a city, a state did that prevented black folks from being somewhere, then that's wrong. You should bus. I even went so far in the middle of that busing controversy was saying I use helicopters if that was necessary to make the point. And we really got in a town meeting that was got very hot. But what the issue is now is, for example, and it was then, voluntary busing. We supported it. Mm. We supported it then. And by the way, Barack and I, as president and vice president, we provided money for voluntary busing if cities want to do it. God, did you guys hear like how stupid he was after the debate, that post-debate interview? Like he just does not know how to like speak or talk or sound smart or anything. Just kind of like, he's just, I never realized how much also that he sounds like Christopher Walken no. when he spe <laughs> when he speaks like a like a stupid racist Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken to school. No, his <laughs> wife had to like drag him away uh, from the interviewer uh, post debate, and he needed someone to rescue him there. He just maybe just his uh, maybe his crack smoking coherent. wife fucking son could have. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yo, pops, when I when I had sex with my brother's wife on crack. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I was giving some real good speeches that day. That would be a good point. Is, point. Doesn't Hunter Biden have like a bastard baby now too? Hun Hunter's you know, a legendary name. I, I hate that because you know what? I was a bastard. <laughs> I'm a bastard. I don't my know my dad. My daughter's a bastard. I, I don't know my dad. But Hunter is a bastard and so yeah. is his father. <laughs> Hunter's a very uh, Ohio energy name. Yeah, oh, it is. Man. Big Ohio energy. Big Ohio yeah. energy. Well, and, like I I know like a few guys exactly like that who would. It's this great in Ohio pipeline. <laughs> Hunter, Hunter Biden's got like a family, uh, you know, like a Sopranos type family thing going on where he's got like. Uh, See, now you're all about the Sopranos references. No, yeah, I mean he's taking control of the whole. He's taking control of the whole East Coast, Rhode Island. Then he's gonna take over the Midwest. He's got his Scranton connections. He's got his Ohio connections. I mean, but, so back to the Biden thing. I don't think. I mean, what he said, like, he, he sounds, he slurs his words and stuff, but he wasn't wrong. I mean, like, he's, um, it's not like him and Harris that far apart in the issue. No, but I mean, I, well, he's, so he's not wrong in the sense of, like, calling out Harris for calling yeah, him yeah. out. But on the whole issue in itself, he's wrong. Like, yeah, yeah, there's exactly. No, there's no, like, oh, what a bold stance. You are for, what, voluntary desegregation? That'll go over really well yeah. in areas where it's fucking needed. Like, come right, on. Right, right. Like, the only, if you, if you're for voluntary desegregation, what you're saying is you, you're leaving it up to the white supremacists. You're leaving yeah. it up to the people in power to, to maintain like their power structure. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not the status quo always maintains itself. Let's have a serious discussion about this, though. We already had voluntary busing. We our busing uh, programs uh, during the civil rights era were not very, um, you know, uh, hardcore. You know, they were they, they were pretty lenient. They were pretty, you know, uh, milk toast. And you know, that's why you know, like, look at Michigan. We have some of the most segregated schools in the country. Well, we have whole segregated cities, right? There's white cities. Right. like 
like right. Grand Rapids, yeah, St. Yeah, Joe yeah. and uh, uh, Benton Harbor. Yeah, and then there's black cities like Flint, and we treat those cities differently on a state level. Right. Yeah. But then we've like we've gentrified to the. I mean, Flint. They're, they don't I mean, have clean water still. The, they're closing the uh, school down in Benton Harbor. Yeah, I mean, the high it's school. it's so obvious that there needs to be change still to this day. And you know, maybe it is good that we're having this busing discussion again. I said last week that it was unbelievable that we're having a discussion on busing again in 2019. But you know, if Kamala Harris is walking back saying voluntary busing is fine, I mean, maybe we do need to have this discussion again. Kamala yeah. is like Hillary with a better like ops team though, because she. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, don't they she, have a lot of this in there? Doesn't she have a lot of the same team? Yeah, I don't know, it's but they're, they're, they're doing a better job. Like she, uh, I mean, the thing is, I was just saying this while we weren't recording, but people don't listen to the follow-up unless you're a politics nerd. They don't listen to follow-up from the debate. So like she said her stuff during a debate. She's selling her shirts that say, I was that girl. That's all that matters. If she walks back on her stance on busting, if she says, actually, I don't agree with universal health care, doesn't matter. People still think she supports those things. So the thing is, how do you... And what Biden was basically saying is, like, I mean, if you want to talk about stance on race, I mean, who... What's the difference? I mean... Who's worse, right? She's a prosecutor. He was he brought that. He was and a that defender. Was, and that was my like, understanding. Like the biggest part of their not argument, but you know, during yeah, the debates, yeah. is like, oh, you're a cop. Well, you're a racist. It's like, what's yeah. the difference? Kamala put, <laughs> Kamala put parents in jail for truancy, and yeah. Biden wrote the crime bill. I mean, yeah. you know, like we gotta we gotta put these things in uh, context. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Still see, I'm still glad to see Biden go down, though. Yeah, I want Biden to go. Me as well, yeah. And I'd rather Kamala be president than Biden if I had to go for someone. But if, I, if I had to choose, yeah. If yeah. I had between the two of them, like, oh, God forbid, it would, yeah, I would prefer Kamala. Speaking of going down in the polls, uh, I believe Zach has some numbers for us. Yeah, so there's, um, there's some a uh, couple different polls that came out uh, right afterwards. And it was kind of interesting because, like, uh, depending on which poll you looked at, you got a very different story about the post-debate um, turnout. So, um, Quinnipiac found that uh, Biden tumbled by 8 percentage points um, from 22%, um, while uh, Harris leapt from 7 to 20%. So, that showed the Quinnipiac uh, poll showed um, uh, Biden leading, Harris in second, uh, Warren in third, and Bernie in fourth. Um CNN poll was about the same. Then ABC uh, had Biden at 29, Sanders at 23, and then both Harris and, uh, and Warren at 11. Um, so it kind of depends on which poll you looked at. There was a different uh, breakdown. But I think the, the pattern overall is Biden went down and uh, Harris went up. So depending on how far Harris went up and whether or not, um, you know, it surpassed Bernie or Warren or whatnot, it's kind of more or less it's gotten to the point where they're all within – really close to margin of error. So it's basically a horse race between the four of them now. So well, do, you, do you think that him going down and her going up is a direct result of her attack on him? Like, do you, do you yeah, think, I, do you think the, that she is eating into his voters? His, uh, so post-debate, his black support was cut in half. Which is uh, huge and uh, still doing better than Buttigieg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he didn't want their vote anyway. He's got li- yeah, he's got literally zero now, I believe. Yeah. And I, a lot of people are counting him out now that he's like not in like the race anymore. Lots yeah. Of saying that he's done ba- digging his grave. Good. I will. I was looking at these uh, cross tabs um, uh, yesterday, and it appears that. Um, and I actually, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I sort of predicted this. Um, um, I don't believe that uh, Bernie or I don't believe this like, you know, bump in the polls 
for Kamala is very threatening for Bernie because if you look at where her support is coming from, they're mostly coming from people who previously supported uh, Joe Biden or Elizabeth Warren. So I think you're going to continue uh, to see this kind of, um, you know, uh, cross tabulation you're gonna see like a little bit of crossover a lot between like warren and harris and as biden keeps going down there's going to be like uh you know uh, his supporters are gonna just flock to all three you know well, what I'm yeah. saying? i, I yeah. said this on last episode that i think harris will be the biggest threat to bernie but you also have to consider I and mean, we have to learn from 2016 um if it's even close right the establishment's against bernie right he's yeah. gonna, he's not gonna win right yeah. it can't be close and how do you talk about those forces that work without sounding like a Trump supporter to liberals? So you're kind of in that you trap. You can't. You can't. Yeah. It's it, it's always going to come down to oh you're just dividing. It's just a division. Like there's enough infighting in here. Why can't so that you just rhetoric's support? built in against leftists, right? So like mm-hmm. if you talk about which is totally true, you can make people read that Chomsky book about the capitalist <laughs> media. But other than that. Unless you sit down and tell someone exactly all the forces at work, you sound like a Trump supporter. Mm-hmm. If it comes, you know, say it comes down to like Warren, Harris, Bernie, all pretty close. That Bernie's be, not leaving that the primary. Said, well, of course not. That being yeah. because he, I mean, he's got the highest ceiling of any candidate. Well, he's got the highest floor. Right. Highest high, floor. Or high, I mean, highest floor. You're right. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. He probably. I would say he. He, he, he has, has the, a very strong base of supporters who are not going to leave. He's like him. the opposite yeah. of Warren. He so has I a very would, uh, Warren has a very high ceiling but low floor, and, or, and he has. A but Warren can't be Trump, right. in my opinion. See, can can't can't. can't. So I no. so I the, I th- I'd say the two candidates who have a higher ceiling than Bernie are Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, but they also have. Uh, no, I think Joe Biden has a high floor too from Obama's. Nostalgia. No, I mean no. Joe Biden has a high floor and a high ceiling. I don't think he has a high ceiling. I just think he has a high floor because of nostalgia. But like, it's a, how how is he going to get much higher? He's Joe Biden. Uh, yeah, he, he, his peak was when he announced. Yeah. but that's yeah. kind of but that's yeah. kind of what I mean. High floor. He Joe announced. Biden. He announced, and he has the high, he had the highest point total of the race. Yeah, he's a high floor. So, that's so, his. So that's so that's his high ceiling right there. No, I mean and his, and, and his high floor high ceiling implies become. potential. Joe Biden was running off nostalgia, which is the opposite of potential. But we agree that, that Kamala. Harris has a higher ceiling than Bernie, right? Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, possibly. It, it's it's gonna be very dependent on like how. Not against Trump, I don't know though. if she ever gets there, though. I don't know if she ever gets there. The thing so is. So my question for you guys would be: if let's say in some weird instance that Bernie Sanders does drop out of the race, who would your support go to? At this Warren. point in the oh, race, Warren. Warren, which is why I think that she has the uh, she has that very high ceiling. I mean, she also has like so like uh, the thing that Warren has going for her is that you're, you're right. A lot of people don't think that she can beat Trump, but um, there's actually uh, new polls that come out, and so it was talking about uh, electability, for instance. Do you see her housing thing? And she has uh, Warren had the um, third biggest increase in belief that she's electable hmm. and she increased by 13 points. Well, she do, did do, seem pretty pre- presidential in the debates. Yeah. Do you that. see her housing thing though? Like, that's the thing. She's a woke capitalist. Like, she wants to reform capitalism. Right. She's not even a social Yank. democrat. Mm-hmm. She put forward a plan uh, and, like, liberals eat that shit up. Like, oh, she has a plan. Like, where that, Bernie's talking about power and stuff. Speaking. That's been the big speaking yeah. point uh, for Warren. It's like, yeah, she's got a plan and she's got plans. A it's plan, liberal plan. stuff. It's like Hillary, you know? Yeah. It's all about and it's that's what I'm saying it goes back to intelligence. They it's, There's it's a running, definitely, uh, but her plan it's, it's like, full of means testing bullshit. <laughs> no, it's it's uh it's a renter's plan and it's gonna re- decrease rent by ten percent in I think ten years. So one percent per year, which is lower than inflation, and it'll also give like five hundred billion dollars to developers. 
So it's a capitalist, no talk of public housing. And that's what I'm saying. It's very, she's intelligent. She means tested it. She thought about it. And that's the liberal thing. Oh, she has a plan. She's smart. But like all of her stuff is bullshit. Or Bernie understands how power works. That makes Kamala Harris um, coming out about um, making black home ownership easier and more accessible to African-Americans in the country. That makes that more clever. That mm-hmm. she came out with her plan about um, putting billions towards uh, closing the racial wage gap um, and making uh, home ownership a reality for more um, African Americans. Uh, now that you've said that, because I didn't know about Warren, but I did hear about Harris. Yeah, I mean, if if you're not talking about public housing, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, and you can kind of tell that, like, that idea of like the liberal versus like true leftist uh, divide when it comes to Warren and. And Bernie supporters, because um, you look at the coalitions of each, uh, the 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 contrast is kind of uh, quite stark. So. Um Warren does better um, with people age 65 and up. Um, she's got Bernie uh, beat by three percentage points on uh, that group. Um, whereas Bernie, uh, an 18 to 49 year old uh, group, he's got Warren beat by 18 percent. Um, so uh, she does better with uh, college grads. She's got him beat by one percent. Um, no degree, he's gotten her beat by eighteen percent. Fifty k plus, uh, she's got him beat by seven, um, but he's got her beat by fifteen and under fifty k. Um, moderate conservative, uh, she's got him by nine, uh, but very liberal. He's got her by thirteen. White, she's got him by nine. Uh, non-white, uh, Bernie's got her by plus twelve. Bernie and then, is one of those uh, diverse coalitions. Uh, gender, yeah. gender. Um, they're exactly equal so i mean you can definitely tell just like in the the education the the you know the wealth that they have uh you know minority status like you can tell that there's a difference between elizabeth warren and bernie and who their supporters are in terms of like yeah. how far they are down in the uh socioeconomic status. do you have the difference well, the in polls between um kamala harris and bernie and uh minority voters uh i do not but kamala I do know that is uh woke capital like a lot her vote her voters tend to be richer. The last poll I saw, I, I don't have the exact numbers, but I do know um, that she is in second with black voters right now. Is Bernie first? Uh, no, Bernie is third. It's and Biden, isn't it's it? It's Biden. Biden is still first. That Which, but we, and we have to consider that it is Obama. it is continuously going it's, down. Yeah, yeah. It is, it's, it's, it's Obama it's nostalgia. I mean, That's what yeah, it's, it's. I mean, um, I I think uh, statistically, like um, black voters almost always uh, vote for the candidate with most name recognition. They do. Right. One also, so, I mean, it was it's Obama nostalgia. That's what I'm saying his right his high floor was Obama nostalgia. His first black president. And right. a lot of few, a lot of African Americans are going to look at Kamala Harris, and they're going to look at the memes about. About how she's, she's a, a cop. cop. Yeah, I've seen and, a lot of on Facebook. And, and pe- I mean, it, it's just a fact that like she's anti anti cop yeah. anti cop rhetoric. It's 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 strife in the black community, and of course it is. And I think Bernie's going to win the BLM endorsement again. He won in 2016. I I think BLM will absolutely. It'll be it'll be him. Or I think it'll be Warren because she's come yeah. out in favor of reparations, mm-hmm. and that's what we've been asking. The black community has been asking for him to just come out in favor of, and he has been very hesitant to say no, he's it. Come out. Because he voiced support for HR forty. Yeah, I think the way we talk about reparations, which is about where everyone's at so far, pretty much. Yeah, Yeah. I think the way we talk about reparations in America is flawed because um, Americans steeped in individualism. I don't think it should be on individual level. Where like the actual injustice on the community and socioeconomic level. So it's about elevating. It's about making it so. You know, the concept when you drive into a neighborhood and see this is a ghetto, that doesn't exist anymore. That's, Wait, that's reparations. That's what Bernie said, and that's yeah. what I didn't like. Ellie, really? are you familiar I, with Adolf Reed? Individual... Sorry, with who? Are you, Adolf Reed? Mm-mm. He is a um, black scholar. 
uh, African American scholar. Um, you really, can say black. It's okay. No, I mean, I prefer really, black. I, I, mean, I, prefer black. I think black I think American. black is actually more PC now because they're like you know Trinidadian people mm-hmm. and uh, you know, yeah, I say yeah, black. From Africa, African Americans, I've I've kind of always seen as people from Africa who are Americans now. Black Americans are like we were slaves back in the day. Right. So <laughs> so yeah, so so like um you know she, he's a uh, black uh, historian and uh, thinker. Um, he actually has wrote. Uh, a book about reparations kind of a dialogue with someone who's pro reparations he's actually against reparations um he, he thinks that uh he thinks that it would be better if and this is burnt some that bernie sanders has said before if there are universal programs like medicare for all free public college because right because because just but uh, fundamentally, that is disproportionately going to affect black and minority people more than white people. Well, right. The yeah. So Adolf Reed more makes more of like a political argument than he does. Um, than he does. Uh, you know, just like a oh well. He, of course, he says, of course, it's the right thing to do, but politically, it's just never going to happen, and it would be uh, it would be like bad because. Um, the people who would uh, be, you know, voting for black people would lose power. Um, so I don't know if I, I don't no. know if I agree with with those. Me personally, I I see the merit when you say like if we enrich the community instead of on an individualistic basis, that there is going to be more of a a boost in the community. The community yeah, you have to think where's the injustice, right? You got to make right, sure you got to make sure we, reparations isn't a Trojan just, horse. If we just uh, granted everybody those rights anyway, and then still allowed Africans African Americans their reparations, I think that that is what I would like to yeah. see. No, but here's it, a so here's a more wholesome argument. I've so I spent a lot of time studying like slavery and all that stuff and the history of all that. Anyways, so the injustice, right? America built its base of power, its status as a economic leader on the back of slavery. That's indisputable. Mm-hmm. Slavery and American capitalism are one in the same. Yeah. Right. So you have to think for the first argument about operations is where is the injustice, right? Where's the injustice? Is the injustice the injustice is on a whole style level because we have a society built on slavery, right? So it can, requires a full restructuring of society. We've cre- intentionally created ghettos legislatively right. mm-hmm. and through how we do things to be places where black people live. So you can associate black people with the poorest. Right. Yep. And least is- educated people. Let me continue. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, so that's the first thing. The injustice is on a community societal level. The second one is... If you do it on an individual level, you're feeding into the rhetoric of American individualism, which feeds into racism. The whole thing, like, oh, look, there's a rich black guy. Look at Kendrick Lamar. He pulled himself up by his bootstraps. Why can't you do that? So American individualism at its core is also built on slavery. And then there's the last component. If you go into that, you'd have to go into how do you determine who gets paid without it becoming incredibly racist? Do you have to genetically test people to see who is a descendant of a slave? Do you have to just give it to all black people? So the whole Warren thing was saying, I'm American you would get do you get into some type of weird genetic testing thing where you're documenting people's lineage well, the and that's the thing. Israel, it, yeah exactly essence. okay and then you're at that point you're just cataloging black people and how slave descended how black they are so the thing is if you address the actual injustice the ones MLK talked about which is a whole root of our economy which is a way bigger task true reparations it's full economic justice mm-hmm. but there are some problematic aspects to look into if you do on individual level which is you're feeding into American individualism and you're saying, oh, look, we gave your thing. Stop complaining. 
and then also yeah. how do you determine who gets it without becoming incredibly See, racist that's, that's about it. That's, that's why we have leftist candidates like yeah. Bernie Sanders say that they support reparations and also support the social programs who are, which across the board is going to give I all, agree. You, all people in the United States. I think that to say that individual American individualism is going to harm the African American community if they get reparations, I think that that is a cop-out in my opinion. Well, the genetic test, how, the genetic the, testing, yeah. that is fair. Yeah. I will give you that. That is fair, but I think that it's going to be simple uh, 200 years ago where you on a fucking stage being auctioned off. That's not that hard there. We were stock and we were property. It's not that hard to find those types of things. I know for sure my family, when they were in Missouri, before that, we were slaves, okay, before we landed in yeah. Sykesville. So I think, and you know, I think that it's not like, I think that you're kind of equating it with like people who say that they have like 116th Native American ancestry, which is why they should have free university. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think that if we were to just get a leftist candidate who could push just fucking bare minimum reparations like we did with survivors of the Shoah, that that would be enough. And that's what I'm looking for in a candidate. And that yeah, was what I, I didn't I agree. like. I agree. And I, I, I think. Let, full, let me say yeah, this. I agree with Ali, but like, um, I I do share your concerns. Like, uh, the, what we need to do, it's basically kind of like the UBI thing, right? We got to make sure that UBI is not a Trojan horse to just gut, you know, social programs. And raise yeah. rent. So, and, so, yep. so, right. That's like my biggest concerned with reparations because as soon as reparations passes you're going to have the republicans try and cut social programs. well no and yes. republicans will say look you got yours you got you stop got complaining stop affirmative and, action. and yeah. racism's over yeah. right racism's yeah. over now we got the reparations Where, that's my concern the thing is yeah. if you're pushing for a better baseline than just an individual payment then Republicans can't say the fight's over, and you can't say you can't pretend the fight's over if full reparations is something that's unattainable right now and we have to fight for it, then I think that's a good state to be in. Like, full reparations is full American education about the history of slavery and how it built our empire. Full reparations is communities not separated by a color of their skin. Full reparations is full economic inclusion, no matter what I your race is. I think that that's basic human yeah. rights and not reparations. That's well, basic human rights. Rep that, the well, that's, that's the socialist project right there. Yeah. Right, yeah. But the injustice that was done isn't reversed. It, right. And it'll never be reversed, but it's not—it's yeah. not amended for unless you do all those things. We were and told. if you set that as your baseline and say payment is nice on the way, like the baseline needs to be something more extreme than just an individual payment. We were free—we were freed from slavery. Yeah. Okay, we were under the assumption that that would mean that we were going to be free from persecution. We were going to be granted equal rights because we were no longer three-fifths human. We were recognized as the humans that we were, and on top of that, we were offered. 40 acres and a mule. So, I would like my 40 acres yeah. and a mule and my human rights. They gave reparations to uh, slaveholders, you know, for losing... <laughs> no, really, they, they we literally... Did, we did we give did, yeah. we gave, So, like, I, that's just, like, a nonsensical argument. We gave... Uh, Ronald Reagan signed reparations for Japanese-Americans uh, that were incarcerated or in internment. Yeah. The, like, we can do it. Like, I, and, yeah, we can do it. And, like, I mean, honestly, like, I'm... I'm see like I'm I'm a white guy so like I don't have like I, I don't have a you know um, horse in this race so to speak so like for me it's like yeah we need to talk about it HR forty get people that study this that are black and like have lived experiences from this like they're who people have like ancestors that were like literally part of this let them do it and uh, I think that's what we should be pushing our candidates well, for well one last thing one last talk I think the thing Mitch is just got the last word and we're gonna wrap up if you. All I'm saying is if you just ask for reparations, like what was MLK and Malcolm X, what they did great is they're asking for more than they knew they'd get. 
right? So you could always say the fight's not over. If you're just asking for the individual reparation on an individual level, which is a payment, and you get that, then your movement's neutered. You want to say, this is full reparations. This is what it means to us, but I will take this. Like you, and if you if you're offered that, you take that, and you keep fighting for the other things. That's what I'm saying. Like any movement that sells back on, like, oh, this is what we need, that allows you to get neutered by reactionaries. Like that's what I'm saying. So reparations, especially because of how we deal with racism, with the propaganda aspect here, where people constantly are trying to claim it's over, it's been amended for. You want to make sure when you put reparations forward, you're not opening up for a possibility for Republicans to have stronger rhetoric saying we ended racism. Right. And, you know, this this is a really, really important discussion. Yeah. I definitely want to explore reparations more in a, in a future episode, yeah. but we're, we're out of... <laughs> holy fuck. I'm so oh, sorry. We're not, we're not going to talk about that anti-Semite who burnt himself alive? No, no, we're out of time, Alex. I'm Tisha Bob, the fucker. <laughs> so, um, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Um, once again, please subscribe to our show. Um, if you enjoy our show, please rate us on iTunes as it will help uh, new listeners find us. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at State of the Revolution. You can follow us on Twitter at SOTRPod. And if you want to give us your money, you can subscribe to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Michigan Progressive. I'm Benjamin Klon. Alexandria Gonzalez. Zachary Reinhardt. Alex Sahori. Mitsuken. Thanks, guys. We'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye.